Welcome to the Multitask. This is John. And it's your boy Fadi. What's going on, guys? Slow week, John. What are we going to actually talk about? <laughs> well, I, I wonder if, like, I don't know if we should uh, edit in the Law and Order dun, 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 type type thing, but uh, uh, indictment came. You know, as I told you, I didn't even bother to look at show prep. I think we just dive into it. There's a lot to go on. I even got Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow's in on a Friday night. Now, that's that's how big it is. You know, she's only working Monday now, but she works Thursday night. Granted, Alex Wagner's on vacation, but um, I remember I was sitting at the computer, and I saw this uh, blurb from the New York Times, like, whoa, whoa, what? And I screen-capped it immediately. I think I – did I even – did I DM you or text you? Because I was like, you got to get this. I, I, I just remember I'm like – you were the first person I shared it with. And then I went ahead and said, indicted on Twitter. So where were you and how did you find out that Trump had been indicted? Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those things because I know you were talking about Tuesday. And although he'll be arranged this upcoming Tuesday, we'll talk about it. But it'll and that's, be early that's in election the day. day. And I'm running. It's election day. And, <laughs> and but it's, uh, they were saying it's early in the day. It's going to be the morning. He'll be arraigned by like 1 p.m. our time. So, um It'll be interesting. But, yeah, I, it was one of those things I'm grateful that I was able to stop what I was doing. I wasn't on set. I wasn't driving. I wasn't doing anything. I was just able to pull out my phone, enjoy the moment. I thought of you, and I said it to, like, I sent it to you, and we, I realized that you had sent it to me like 30 seconds prior. And um, But I remember your conversation about, and not so much the Stormy Daniels case, but the other cases, the more much more serious cases, you thought, you know, everyone's waiting for this, but I wonder how we'll actually feel. Or is the country ready for what this means? And although that, that question is valid, it seems like we were pretty ready for it. We were celebrating. It was one of the moments I think we were waiting for, right? Once he was elected, John, we were waiting to make sure he didn't serve a second term. And once we didn't, he didn't serve a second term, we were waiting for this first kind of indictment. I told you last week, as long as I see the word indictment, I don't care what comes next. It's like the Cubs World Series. I got one. I'm not selfish. I don't want another one because a lot of people didn't get that moment. So um, what a what a, histor- a historic week, a historic day. Um, I wanted to ask you about, and you'll talk about your feelings, but I'll, the timing of it. They had pushed it back, and then it was that early in the day, it was reports that there was another case. So then I mentioned, oh, I wonder if they're going to try to loop all these kind of victims into one case. And there was people saying, oh, well, they're not going to meet Wednesday. The Thursday's for something else. It turned out to be Thursday for this. Dumped it. Reports are they wanted him to surrender Friday. It looks like he's going to surrender Tuesday uh, because of Secret Service stuff. But what do you think of the timing of it? Just the kind of Thursday afternoon dump. Well, I, you know, I, I, in a previous episode, we referenced our boy, uh, Jesus Miro, uh, or Jesus, uh, not Jesus, Jesus and Miro, but Jesus from Jesus Miro. And, you know, his, when he talks about his Friday, avoid the bookings beloved. I think Trump was taking his advice. That's why he didn't turn himself in on Friday, because he didn't want to have that Friday booking and have to spend the weekend in Rikers. I don't know if that, they would have played it that way. But I think the first thing is, and, I think in addition to time, we want to talk about sequencing. And you remember I said, the the one thing I do like about going first with New York is these are all tragic, I guess. But of the three potential charges, New York, Georgia, and the feds, 
the New York case is probably the least of a threat to our national security. And so while I hear people saying it's a somber day, a former president, I think that for me, that somberness I was talking to talking about with you had more to do with the severity of both Georgia and the feds. And I think I did say that, you know, the fact that he's paying off a porn star, it's almost like we're leading with comic relief because I do think that the other two will be heavy on our mind, if that makes sense. So I, you know, it's funny because I, I did predict that people might have a hard time with some of it, but I think my prediction was not necessarily based on indictment itself. It was severity of the case. And I think that New York going first, I don't think that that will weigh on people the way that uh, Georgia and the feds. What what do you think about that assessment? Do you think that the reaction might be different strictly because of the severity or what are your thoughts there? Um, Interesting. Yes, this is not as a series of stakes. Um, We don't know the charges yet, but reports are 34 count. That's a lot, right? Also, one of them might be a felony. So these might not be super, super serious charges. And I totally get it, right? A lot of the stuff is bookkeep, what they consider bookkeeping stuff. And, and Trump knew about it and lied about it. It's still a crime. But uh, this is the, these are things that um, probably a lot of people do uh, under the books. But I will say this, John, someone mentioned that this was more important than the other ones. And I want to hear your take on this, is they said, because this was before the election and he purposely paid her off to hide the fact that it was going to come out right before the election. Could it have swayed the election? The rest of the people, someone made an argument that the rest of the stuff would have never happened, but he went against the will of the people by hiding things that the people should have known. I personally disagree. The other stuff, I think he would have still been elected. I don't think people were going to change their minds because of this, but, um, and the other stuff is just way more serious. Obviously, he tried to throw the he tried to overthrow the government. But um, what, what's your take on that? I well, for, first of all, this is the first time I heard that. But I do think that there's some merit there, right? And I think, and I think, I think the merit is it's kind of like the original sin, right? You know, without stop number one, you don't have stops two and stops three. Um, so I do think there's some validity there, um, and. I kind of agree with you that he may have been a foregone conclusion, but don't forget if Hillary's emails were enough to derail her, covering this up may have been enough to push him over the top, right? So, so I, I, I do think that that's the case. Now, um, you know, I think the one thing that's fascinating is, and we're recording this on Friday, it'll debut on Monday, they unseal everything. Well, just, you know, Brad can unseal seal it over the weekend. And I'm sorry, if I'm Brad, I might unseal it on Saturday night so that the Sunday morning talk shows can talk about it. Just, you know, but that being said, no, because you want to drill that in and it'll blow. There'll be no, you know, you're going to have, you know, wall to wall Sunday morning. And then by the time Monday rolls around, Trump will be caught flat footed. And pff, you know what I'm saying? But that being said, you know, there's a lot of speculation, and I do think, and I'm not sure if you agree, but I do think that when we hear that there's 30 plus uh, charges or you know points or you know different pieces that that are going to be brought against them, 
I wonder if what we know the case will be or what we expect the case to be, we're going to see a lot of stuff that really undermines or challenges what we think the case is going to be. And, 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 and I mean, what are your thoughts there? Right. Do you, do you think that, because some people have said, and um, Lanny Davis, who's Michael Cohen's attorney was on MSNBC the other night. And he was saying that he said, a lot of people are dismissing this case, but they don't know what's in it. Now, Lanny Davis and Michael Cohen might know a little bit more, you know, I would still think that the, uh, you know, district attorney uh, Bragg would probably keep him somewhat in the dark. But I wonder, I mean, do you think that everybody already knows what's happening or do you think we will be surprised when the uh, case is unsealed tomorrow? It's this is coming out Monday. So tomorrow. Um. I'm not sure. I'm not. Maybe there's a different levels of surprises. I don't know if we'll be shocked. Um, but remember, John, a, a lot of people read into the 34. And we'll see if it's true. Obviously, it's just reporting right now. But a lot of people said, man, 34 counts. That's a lot. But in, in a lot of those paperwork cases, every single paper that you sign is, is a count. Right. So it just might be a, it might be the same count just 34 times. Right. Who, who actually knows? Um I sent you something earlier that said there's going to be definitely at least one felony in there. So I'm interested in that. But I was actually looking at what they were reporting on and said it was basically fraudulent business documents is what they're getting him on. I'm not sure. Is So I basically said it was campaign fraud is what they're trying to get him on. It has nothing really to do with Stormy Daniels as much. It could have been anything else. But he basically lied on paperwork and submitted it to the government, and that's what they're getting him on so far, based on the reports. So it's not the bribery or, or blackmail or anything. It's not salacious in a way. It's just like the Al Capone stuff. It's just you didn't get your books right, and we got you for it. Um, that's at least New York for now. So I'm not sure if we'll be shocked, but I will say this, John. This is the easiest one to get, and the reason I say that is because it's just paperwork it's documentary. There's no witnesses. There's no hearsay. There's no what if, what if, what if we got you lying on this paper. I don't need your testimony at that point. Right. You mentioned early in the beginning, the white collar crimes that are on paper are, are usually, are usually easy to convict because there's just no, there's nothing to, to, to counteract. There's nothing to um, counter prosecute on the paperwork. Does that make sense? So I think this one, I don't. I don't know if we'll be shocked, but I. I think they'll have. I think they have him dead to rights. If 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 that makes any sense. Well, and to your point, um, I think that's why the whole. It might be an overreaction to say that um, Cohen, uh, Cohen's uh, conviction is a liability, because you know what a lot of people don't really truly fully appreciate, is the fact that someone like. Um, Cohen, or in many cases, any any witness that is a co-conspirator to someone else is going to always be a viable witness. And the fact that they're convicted, some people use in a way to discredit them. But the other way to look at it is, no, don't. there's not really discrediting it because these are the ones who are showing you where everything's laid out. And more importantly, in the case, to your point about the white collar crime, is... Cohen just needs to be the narrator. And and all he has to do is tell you what you're seeing. But what you're seeing is the stuff that's not 
got credibility issues. You know, you can actually probably go and say, we can verify that this paperwork was filed this way, this paperwork was filed that way, this paperwork was filed this way. Um, you know, I, I think, and I heard someone even talking about there even could be some level of conspiracy, which I would assume there's no misdemeanor conspiracy, right? Um, but look, I do, I mean, I, I will tell you the Democrats are doing a good job of not really messaging on it because that also under to me that illustrates or underscores the seriousness of the issue right um you know the right has said some crazy things lindsey graham talked about uh him wiling out on the way on the way to court um lauren bobert has said some crazy stuff mgt is going to go there i hope mtg will get arrested will do something foolish and get arrested um uh, Kevin McCarthy's comments were just deplorable. Uh, this is a serious thing. And, you know, let's just say part of anger is this. The black guy, i.e. Barack Obama, never, never had this type of stuff. <coughs> and based upon the way the Republicans prosecute their op opponents, that's got to be unsettling. Let's not forget they tried to get the Clintons on whitewater. They tried to lock Hillary up. And I don't think the Clintons have ever had to have their Secret Service detail make arrangements for them to turn themselves turn themselves in. Uh, Hunter Biden, uh, so, someone said that, uh, someone said that, I'm not sure you saw the joke where they said uh, Hunter and Joe were watching the uh, indictment on Hunter's laptop. But um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, there... <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Um, it is serious. Of the three, it's probably the least serious. It's one we had the most fun with. But, you know, I think what frustrates me, though, is had Clinton, Obama, Biden, Gore, any of the people, Mayor Pete, MVP Harris, if any of them had something of this caliber, not... I'm not talking about January 6th. I'm not talking about the Mar-a-Lago documents. I'm talking about this caliber. This would have been a career ender for them. And how this, how the Republicans are rallying around this, this has got to be, I think what you exploit is not the case, but the Republican reaction to the case. How does that sound? It, yeah, 1,000%. Um, that's actually my favorite part of this. I'll talk about that in a second, but you're absolutely right about the fact that Republicans are losing their lid, but I think it's because, and you mentioned this before with the Biden impeachment and stuff, because I was actually worried about that. And I now have zero fear about that. But you said, well, if we, well, they said if they impeach Trump, we impeach Trump, that they'll do it to Biden. And you were basically like, let him do it. Like, there's nothing there. Like, there's nothing there. Let him do it. And I think that's what Republicans are actually upset about is they went after Barack. They went after Hillary to no avail. And their guy got got. And they're like, well, this oh, this sets the precedent. What do, what do you mean this sets the precedent? You went after Hillary. You went, you tried to, you tried to go after Barack. Like you, you set the precedent. But to say all that, to say, if they want to do it to Biden, let them do it. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And if there is something there, John, we actually have a standard in this Democratic Party. If Biden commits a crime, I want him to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. 
because because I'm not a Biden cultist. I don't believe that he is my Lord and Savior. Biden's a great president. He's doing a great job. If something were to change and he just went on a, a, a crime spree, then I want him to not be the president anymore. The Republicans don't feel that way. Sorry, that was just a mini rant. But you talked no, about the fact you, that the Republicans you, you, are. Um, but but see, you 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 hit a good point, and this is kind of now. This is going to sound really. Maybe I might be going too deep on this one and bringing in things that aren't related, but I've often felt that that's why the Republicans and the right doesn't like wokeness. They don't like, um, you know, black folks or, or marginalized groups, you know, getting power. You don't know why? Because if Republicans and the white folks they represent were shitted on the way that marginalized people were shitted on, they would seek retribution against those folks and part of the reason why i think they don't want real history including jim crow and all that other stuff taught is because they know and they probably are fearful that well black people are going to do to us what we did to them right Mm -hmm. and now let's move to the right and because because think about they're already saying it if you impeach trump for something illegitimate, we're going to tr- impeach your next guy just because. I saw someone tweet out today that, you know, the next time there's a, a Democratic vice president, some local prosecutor can just chase him down. To your point, if Obama or Biden or Clinton is wilding out like Trump is, more power to them. But it's, they, it's, it's what they do. And it goes, let me go back to race. What they will see is they try to, when you deal in a world of false equivalencies, which is what the right does a lot more than the left, and the right does it with the support and aiding and abetting of the media. But when you engage in false equivalencies, you don't understand the the distinctions why Trump is being treated the way he's being treated and Obama didn't get locked up for wearing a tan suit right? There's a difference. They don't understand the difference. But when you traffic in false equivalencies, you begin to believe the false equivalencies. 100%. And, but what, well, yeah, I think they, I think a good amount of them believe in it. I think Kevin McCarthy, Graham, all those guys just have to do his bidding for them. He was on, reports are Trump was on the phone with all those guys figuring out a media strategy. So he's telling them what to do. But I wanted to go back to your earlier point about certain Republican figures kind of attaching themselves to this. I don't get it. I, I haven't seen McConnell speak yet, which because he's probably the smartest of the bunch that I know of, right? Graham is not going to be hurt electorally because he attaches himself to Trump. Neither will Kevin McCarthy, neither will Gates, neither will MTG, right? Boebert maybe we'll see in two years, right? I say that to say, but they have to go down with him though. And not, not legally, but they are the ones who are continuing to perpetuate the headlines. They think that because they defend Trump, that that's going to combat the narrative. And the narrative is over. The majority of the country believes that Trump did these things. The majority of the country believes that he should face consequences. So all they're doing is just keeping it in the headlines. Just like in the midterms, John, when they kept talking about January 6th and all this other stuff, we were like, yeah, please do that. Because... The moderate voter that you used to win elections on is is voting against that, and we're winning elections because of it. Also, the younger people, the younger people believe 
younger people, they say younger people are really the reason that 2022 midterms were as beneficial to Democrats as the history. So you're, you're continuing to alienate everybody else other than your base. And that voter base is shrinking. So I, I'm perfectly happy with them attaching themselves to Trump. And one, I want to pivot a little bit, John, because I want to have a little bit fun with this because we deserve this. Can you describe to me the staffer that has to run in <laughs> and tell Trump that he's been indicted? Or how do you think? Does his lawyers get a call? The reports are Maggie Haberman says that he was initially shocked. Remember, the day before he started tweeting or whatever, truth socialing that, Oh, they're not going to, they dropped the case. It's over. See, I told you guys that all of a sudden, 12 hours later, bam. So can you, can you think, how do you think this came about? Or what do you think happened? Did he get a heads up? Was some lonely servant, a cook or something have to walk in and because everybody was scared? How do you think that happened? Um, I don't know how it happened. I'm sure he got, if he, if he was not on social, he got a text, a call, um, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure his his DMs were blowing up. Um, I don't know how. I just know he probably he knew it was coming. He, but no, no. Well, the question is, remember that he had put out on Truth Social something uh, commending the um, the 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 grand jury for their you know their cautious approach or respectful approach. So so may, maybe he. Uh, really truly um was there any impression that he was gonna get you know not get charged I don't know I've not I've not really tried to figure the man out I just know that it's gotta suck because in a, in the history of America he will be the first and potentially the only president uh ever indicted and that is going to sting and what's funny is we're gonna do this probably two more times. We're going to do this two more times. So it's one thing to be the first president to be indicted, but he's going to also break a record of being indicted most likely three times, right? So so <laughs> that's where it gets really funny. And don't forget, I don't know how grand juries work. I don't know who else, you know, I still think it's, I wonder if we're going to find that there's other people that get indicted with him in New York. I, I think we all truly believe that the people who get that there will be other people indicted with him in Georgia, right? Um, but you know that's look. But you know, you brought up the staffer thing, and I think we've talked about this in previous weeks. But we really got to dig down in this. The Secret Service is having to figure out how to protect someone who is now being brought into the criminal justice system. Now, I don't know if we've ever had situations where younger protectees, you know, like someone's child may have gotten like a DUI or something or busted for drugs. Or, but, dude, can you... Um, okay, I have dealt with Secret Service in many, many times over the years for any number of reasons. Uh, a, a, one of their protectees, sometimes it's a president, sometimes it's a family member, may be coming to a venue that in the 90s that I was in charge of or an event that I'm in charge of. And so what will happen is the day before they are, you know, they're there to do a walkthrough. Can you imagine the secret service guy that has to show up and do the walkthrough for lockup? And if we ever get to a situation where the man, 
might actually be detained. Can you imagine that? Can you, I mean, and, and one question that I posted on Twitter and I didn't get a lot of answers. You know how there's a question as to whether or not Trump is going to turn himself in. And, you know, I think everyone says he's coming in Monday, but if he ever got to fugitive status, would he lose his secret service protection? Because my question is, is that um, when you are law enforcement and secret service, are you aiding and abetting if Trump is supposed to turn himself in and he doesn't? Are you aiding and abetting there? What's you know? Well, first of all, I bet you the legal counsel at at the at the Secret Service has probably never had this question before. So I'm turning it over to you. What what are your thoughts on all that I just laid out? I saw you making those um, rhetorical questions on on Twitter, or you might have been actually asking, but thought you would find the answers. But um, I saw you saying that, and I was going to save it for the pod. I'm going to push back a little bit on this. The Secret Service is run by the United States government. Yes, Trump has a, 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 a detail. Yes, that's provided by the government. But at any point, it's not like they're running their own little mini government, right? So they still have commanding officers. There's still a hierarchy there. And so, and we know from the January 6th Commission, and we know from Trump was president, Biden had to, Biden didn't trust certain Secret Service members. He had to go back into his Rolodex and figure out his old ones because he couldn't trust them. There's a lot of Trump loyalists. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking out that factor of like a rogue agent or nothing. But they're going to listen to what their boss tells them to do. And that's, that's that's what they do. They're soldiers, right? So they'll figure out how to get him into the police station and then get him out. I don't think he's going to be in any sort of lockup. I think he's going to walk in, take a picture, do the whole thing, and then walk out. And if you were to say, I'm going to Mar-a-Lago and I'm not leaving, I bet you the Secret Service ranking member or whoever runs the U.S. Secret Service will be able to say, all right, you're off the detail or arrest him. They could turn on him too, right? Not not like not like an episode of 24, but they could say, hey, uh, you, your job is to bring in Trump now. So I, I think that... Um, I don't know. I, I love your rhetorical questions. I think it'd be a great documentary to really delve into it. But I really think that it's probably blown out of proportion. They're going to listen to what their commanding officer tells them is my is my gut feeling. But what will he tell them? I think that's I I, I think that's the key, right? You know, it, it's it's what 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 are the instructions? And you know, going back to what we were just saying before, the you now have a situation in which they now, there's a whole new dimension. And you know what's so funny? It goes back to what I was saying before about how things would be different. We actually have a president who, <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they disrespect him enough to give him an ankle monitor, right? Uh, so, so, you know, but we, I, I mean, I think he's a flight risk. Uh, I think that there's there's a lot going on there. Um, whew. But what's funny, and again, this may be why New York should go first, because I think the federal case and the state and, and the Georgia case are going to be a lot heavier. And it, I want, do you think that with what he's potentially facing with the feds, you know, we talked about espionage. Uh, we've, we've talked about RICO in the case of uh, Georgia. 
do you think that any of the other things that he may get charged with might justify pretrial detention? No, no, I don't. I think they're going to play it pretty safe and conservative. Like, they wanted him to surrender on Friday. He's like, no, we're going to come in Tuesday. We got to figure some stuff out. So I think they're going to let him probably have a little bit more of a leash than a normal person would. Um, I just think it's probably dumb. It's just probably dumb, right? They have all the leverage. There's no reason to necessarily um, go out of pocket. I think they have to play this so smart that I, I think they'll probably be a little bit less risky. Um, well, since we're on the topic, how do you think Tuesday goes? There's already been calls for violence. MTG is going to be there. Graham's going to be there. Do you think it's a it's a mini January 6th where they try to storm the police station? Do you think after years and years of watching NYPD beat up innocent protesters, do you think the NYPD uh, is just shows a, a massive strength of force, close off two city blocks, um, but, but NYPD probably is very sympathetic to Trump and his allies. So is there a little bit of leeway there? What do you think it's chaotic Tuesday? How do you think, how do you picture it um, with all the, all the rhetoric so far? Well, I think that as um, I forget who it was, I, oh, it was Michael Cohen who was saying that, you know, they might not be well advised to to try anything because NYPD. But don't forget the problem that we have when it comes to Trump and law enforcement is that, you know, some of us are fearful that some members of law enforcement are loyal to Trump. Uh, but if if the NYPD, you know, is on task, especially depending on how they, they, they staff, um, I do think if there's walling out, it might be a case of run up and get done up, right? You know, it's, 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 uh, and, and here's the thing though, is I'm not sure if you know this, and then someone said this about, um, why when Trump called for protests the other week, they didn't formalize. It is hard as hell. New York, or, or we should say the tri-state area, New York, Connecticut, Jersey, I'm not sure if people realize this. They have cameras everywhere. They have cameras everywhere. You can't, if you're driving into Manhattan between the bridges and the tunnels, they're going to catch a license plate. They're going to, meaning, um, it, and, and it's funny, though, that, that D.C. is not the same way, but they, they could very well uh, make it hard to get away. And I do think, you know, why a lot of people don't think that what's going on uh, with the feds, that they're moving too slow. I think the fact that there's about a thousand folks right now facing some level of charges is people thinking twice about how they move. And I also think, too, that in addition to NYPD, um, because they learned from January 6th, uh, you know, have you heard the phrase, if you're feeling froggy, leap? Uh, you know, if, 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 they're, if they're feeling froggy, I think that there might be some some uh, law enforcement uh, agencies that we did not know exist. So your thoughts? Yeah. Um, that's This is the fascinating question to me, is I'm obsessed with this idea that the NYPD is probably sympathetic, or members of the NYPD, I should say, sorry, are probably sympathetic to Trump and his people who are going to be there. But their ego and the reputation of being these big, bad police force 
and that nothing gets by them and they're in control of the city, that's at odds with that, right? Because if Trump's people show up and it's a mess, then everyone's going to talk crap about the NYPD. Now I understand their their hesitation of if they if they come in with with nightsticks and the hoses, so to say, then it looks like they're 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 hosing their own people. You know what I mean? So I do believe this. It's more embarrassing to lose a fight against that crowd, and I bet you that they show up with every officer that's available. John, you've been you've been there, right? I've been there. It's a super congested place. Like, even when there isn't nothing going on, it's super congested. I just, I think New Yorkers themselves would stop the <laughs> protesters because New Yorkers don't play. I got to go to work. I'll try to catch a trade. Get out of my way, right? D.C. is like this open land. I've never been in D.C., but like, it, at that point, like the rotunda and all that stuff is all like field. It's a straight walk. There's nothing there from what I understand. New York's cabbies have come out like New York's a very congested place. So I just I really think if New York's smart, they'll barricade a city block or two city blocks. Trump walks in, um, does his thing and leaves and then it's over. I think that's what they're going to probably end up doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it'll, it'll be. Well, the funny thing is you do realize that they are camped out for. They are they are camped out for um, a, a, a the press is they're going to be at the airport in Florida tracking the plane as it takes off. The plane's going to land. They're going to go ahead and they're going to uh, you know it's it's just going to be it's going to be hysterical, right? They're going to follow him from the time he lands to the time he gets to. Uh, uh, Trump Tower, then they'll be outside of Trump Tower, and they're, they're going to follow him. I mean, it's it's going to be hysterical. It, it's it's going to be hysterical, right? Do you think there'll be... Uh, if I was Trump and I didn't want the attention, how would I do this? I would say that I'm turning myself in Tuesday. I would sneakily show it on Monday at 11.30 p.m., and I'd go in... I get in, get out before Tuesday. That's if he doesn't want the attention. He clearly does want the attention. There's people pushing him to do uh, a press conference and all that stuff. So I believe that he might go that route. But what are the chances he sneaks in Sunday night and Monday night and gets in and gets out? Would you put it at like under 10%, under under 5%? No, he. I, I think he's, I think he has to continue to you know i i think i think he's gonna have to follow feed the monster no not it's not only feed the monster they can't give him preferential treatment they can't you know um preferential treatment will 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 not be good so you know we'll see Uh, you know i think I I I I think that um, I don't know. It, it, it's fascinating. Uh, I will be interested to see um, how quickly Jack Smith moves. I'll be interested to see how quickly Fonnie Willis moves. I mean, it's going it's going to be a pretty fascinating time, you know. 
Yeah, 100%. I'm excited. I'll, I'll be tuning in Tuesday. Um, it's also in Chicago, an uh, election day. So a busy, busy political day for us locally. Um, so yeah, just a jam-packed day Tuesday. And I know you're, you're on a ballot somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> now, you know, one of the things, and I'm, it's fine that we can get to it, is um, what, one of the things that we're, that came out today was the whole Dominion lawsuit and how things are playing in the whole Dominion case. You know, um, what, what do you think? I mean, is Dominion about to own Fox News? Uh, I mean, I don't know if they own the company, but they're certainly going to own some buildings and some office shares for sure. Fox News is definitely losing. There's zero, zero percent chance that Fox News wins this case. It's pretty clear. I also think it should be the start of something, right? Um, and we'll talk about the school shooting probably, but a lot of this stuff is um, perpetrated, right? Whether it's Fox News, whether it's Newsmax, whether it's OAN, like a lot of this stuff, the Buffalo shooter said he took a lot of his right replacement theory from Tucker Carlson. Um, I think we should just continue to lop, look, just continue to throw lawsuits at them and, and it'll change behavior. Tucker Carlson has mentioned Dominion News zero times um, since after that week when they filed the lawsuit. It's effective. And, and also what, what came out of it, right? The Tucker text and the Hannity text and Murdoch and all this other stuff. So um, this is a massive L for Fox. It's the first time, first time since I've at least been an adult that they took a uh, they, little dent in the armor in, in, the, in the idea of Fox. Yeah. It, it, you know, but it goes back to what we've been talking about. Think about how they're going to have to cover and, and, and approach the Trump case, right? And now, granted, um, I mean, when you, it seems like all these revelations that have come out, they've not yet changed their behavior, right? But how they, I, I wonder if judges and juries and everyone will just look at the whole body of work above and beyond Dominion um, and figure out that these folks have got to pay a price. Because I guarantee you, they are not going to do justice to the whole uh, case in New York. And, you know, I don't think Alvin Bragg or people are, you know, well, you know what, though? I'd be very interested to see if they go ahead and they feed the beast as relates to Trump's harassment of the judge, of Alvin Bragg. Or will would you think that Fox will be chilled, or until someone walks in and takes all of their money, and 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 threatens you know, you know threatens certain regulate regulatory stuff, that we're just going to keep cooking like they're cooking. Yeah, they're going to keep cooking like they're cooking. They're going to go after Bragg. They're going to go after everybody. They're going to go after. Um, they had DeSantis on this week, and and he took shots at Trump, right? And um, then Trump was on, and they took shots at DeSantis. Like it's just. They need to keep like they need to um, feel the they need to feel the fire, and, and the only way to do that is to continue to muster up drama and kind of these culture wars and stuff like that. Um, that's why I said when Uvalde happened, I said Repu- like Republicans and Fox News love when kids get slaughtered. It just gives them it gives them things to talk about and it gives them things to to campaign on and stuff like that. Um, I don't see how Fox News ever ends. I think there should be a government. Speaking of the TikTok ban and all this other stuff, the FCC or, or whoever, whoever's in charge, the government needs to step in and say, 
Fox News can't have the word news anywhere in their title. They they shouldn't be on primetime TV. I know that sounds very state media-ish, but the fact is they're just spewing conspiracy theories and, and um, it's changing people's behaviors, unfortunately, and, and, and causing violence. So I do not think they'll, they'll slow down at all. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. You know, um, one of the things, too, that happened, and it's you, you brought it up, and there's really no good segue to it, right? Um, but um, you have to, we have to address it, is there was a school shooting this week. Um, we lost six people, plus the shooter. And, of course, the folks on the right did what the right does. Um, you know what's interesting is, you know, we, we actually had um, – some rumors that the shooter was trans, but I've read something later in the week that says that might not necessarily be the case. The shooter may be non-binary, but may actually be a cis, a cisgender woman. I'm not sure what the exact latest is, but what do you think of the fact that, and I, I kind of knew it, the minute that they found that the shooter was trans, that enabled them to pivot away from guns, and deal more with the trans issue. And even even though the shooter was a graduate of that school, blame it on, you know, call it a hate crime, saying it was anti-Christian, what have you. What What is your take on, on, on the shooting in, in Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, um, you know this, and I know this coming from my Middle Eastern background, but when something like this happens, I'm always waiting to f- figure out who the shooter is. And I'm actually low-key... I know it sounds horrible, but I'm low-key wishing it's always a white guy because, first of all, the overwhelming majority of these shootings are white men or white kids or however you want to say it, right? And when when it's something else, when it's um, trans or Muslim or black or g- girl or whatever it is, whenever it's something other than a white guy, then it just leads us further and further away from solutions, Right. Um, we're, we're pretty clear now that the assault ban, um, was effective and it, 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 it didn't stop school shootings, but it stopped them from being so deadly, stopped them be, from being so frequent. Uh, Republicans love to just figure out a way to blame it on something other than the guns. They went for mental health, but they'll vote for the vote against mental health, um, legislation for schools. They'll talk about doors in this one, in this case, the shooter just shot through a glass and walked in, right? So the Uvalde for me was the end of this discussion. When when Uvalde happened, it was my Sandy Hook. And I said, they're never going to ever, ever, ever change their mind on this. And so I'm not sure what actual things we could do, but it's our job to also just push against and be vigilant against the, the, the narrative that the right's always going to spin. NCG saying that the hormones and, and trans people and et cetera, et cetera, is just horrible, right? And Hillary was right, right? All these people are deplorable and, and all the all the things that they feel and think are deplorable to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also saw what you saw, right? You mentioned that this might have been, this is early on, you mentioned that they're saying that it was a trans person. And then I saw later on that like, oh, that's kind of been debunked or whatever it is, like you said, right? So I actually don't know what happened here. Um, a friend texted me, John. This is actually interesting. A friend texted me, said, um, when, when is it enough where someone from the left is going to grab a gun and really, really do damage, right? And what he was trying to ask was, 
how much is enough is enough. Like what's going to take for Republicans? Like if this was, um, if this was Republicans or whatever it is, when will Republicans step in and say enough is enough? And I told them this might've been that like a Christian school at that point, we thought it was a trans person. Like this might've been said, Hey, enough of this. I'm sick of your narrative and I'm going after it. We don't actually know. Right. I don't think it was that, but we'll see. But I guess my point is, the more and more kind of BS they throw at the wall, the, the harder it is for us to actually get anything done. Right. And just, I'm going to read what, what we got here. Um, it says authorities continue to answer questions about who hell was and a motive behind the sh uh, school shooting. While the shooter's gender identity is unclear, police told CNN that hell was assigned female at birth and used male pronouns on social media. So one of the things that, you know, is right there is that the person in question, you know, definitely was, you know, not a trans woman, but was actually a female. I'm not sure what the identity is. Um, you know, it's, uh, but I think the key is, is that as we know, when it comes to issues around trans or non-binary, the right is so quick to demonize that, that, there was an effort to distract us by bringing that up. And as someone said, even if we, you know, we, I still think no one really truly knows. Right. But, um, even if that were the case, if you look at the number of trans or non-binary people who carry out mass shootings, it is still small in comparison to straight white men. So you can't go ahead and take, the one or two or three people who identify as trans or non-binary who have committed mass shootings. But more importantly, let's acknowledge this. When you have that many guns, the, the mass shootings are going to be from a diverse population. Now, I do think that they still would possibly um, trend in one demographic over another, but... I think the fact that you now have one person who had a not clear gender identity commit the crime has less to do with their gender identity and more to do with the availability of guns. And even if you were to go ahead and say, well, maybe I thought that, you know, could it be that fact that Tennessee has passed so many anti-trans, anti-gay, probably anti-non-binary stuff that this may have been a reaction to that. Well, if you don't have guns, that reaction would have been throwing a rock through the window. That reaction would have been spray painting. That reaction would have been anything but taking, um, you know. So even if you are going to assign some type of character deficiency, which they shouldn't do, based upon sexual orientation, but if you're going to assign something, you have to realize that the those character uh, traits that you are blaming exist everywhere all throughout the world and the only difference is here you have the great availability of guns well that's the whole that's the whole argument right john is, is that's the common denominator all these shootings whether it's man woman trans gay straight muslim christian um a, a supermarket school church the only the only den common denominator is guns Specifically, AR-15. I think you were saying that they would throw rocks. Well, 
I mean, handguns, right? Like if, if they took a handgun in there, but again, less damage, less, um, less power that the police have to face. Right. So that's the whole thing is guns is always going to be the constant and all the variables. And I don't know if you saw this, John, but, um, I do want to commend the police officers, right? After Uvalde and the fact that majority of those police officers were terrified of going in because of the AR-15. I don't know if you saw this. I saw it on TikTok was the, the body cam footage of the officer. And it was a team of officers who went in super quick, super trained, not scared at all and handled the situation. Um, I guess I, I just want to say that because I know sometimes we can come across as like such anti-police, but it was actually remarkable to see that body cam footage in comparison next to the Uvalde shooting, which was a disaster in, in more days, more ways than one. Well, well, you know, the fascinating thing is the um, shooter, I mean, uh, the, the cop who killed the shooter was actually, we've got two, well, I've got two things in common. First of all, was a Chicagoan, grew up on the north side somewhere in, in your thing, but uh, they actually are a graduate. He's actually a graduate of the University of Dayton. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure. We don't have a police program, so I can't necessarily... We can, we can claim his character. Um, but, you know, but that brings up a good point, though, that I'm trying to figure out that right footing. Because when things happen the way that they happen, we need to applaud this is a better response we need to applaud how quickly they got there, and we only lost six lives. But once you say we only lost six lives, we've already failed then, right? So what what is the proper way to view this, right? What is the proper way to view a successful operation? Because the successful operation is still in response to a failure of our society, Right. So how do what is the proper way in your mind? How do you balance that? I mean, do you ever find it like, yeah, great job, but this should have never happened. Right. So we need to lift up the first responders, support the first responders, thank thank them for all that they've done. Thank them for their bravery. And you know what? I'm going to this is going to sound weird. Whether it's that one um, student resource officer down at Parkland or the, the, the entire crew of folks who, uh, you know, screwed the pooch down in Uvalde. I have a hard time even being critical of them because most of us, now granted, we're not cops. I don't know how most of us would react in those situations. Now, I do find it weird that you had that many cops and no one, you know, said I'm going to, you know, go in. But, um, you know, these people put themselves on the line, put their lives on the line. Uh, and sometimes even just on a traffic stop, it could turn deadly, right? But we need to celebrate them and celebrate when they're successful. But, you know, I don't want to, you know, celebrate the fact that only six people died. I don't want to celebrate the fact that, you know, the, the, also they're saying that one reason why I was so successful uh, as far as the operation was the kid, the, the shooter could not find a lot of people because they actually had, you know, but again, if you're in a school, the fact that you have to go hide is a problem. So how do how do we I don't want to be so good at surviving mass shootings that we're not 
that we just accept mass shootings is what I'm saying. And so, what are your what's your what's your take on that? Uh, John, sorry to say, we have we have just accepted uh, mass shootings as as a society, right? Just like we accepted the fact that people are going to continue to die from COVID, and nobody's going to do anything about it, right? So that's the unfortunate part. <clears throat> to answer your question, um, absolutely. If I hear AR-15, I'm not going in there too, right? The, uh, I'm sorry to say the cops necessarily aren't cowards. And if I've used that before, then it's probably wrong. But the problem I have is that those same cops are probably voting for the fact that everyone can get AR-15 so easily. So if if you want everyone to have AR-15, then 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 you should be able to deal with the, the society that everyone has AR-15s. But instead, you you stood behind a wall in a bulletproof vest, and you you didn't do anything, right? That's where that comment came from. To answer your question about what do we do or how do we label this or what like that whole conversation, honestly, it's going to sound evil, but I think we make it partisan. I've said this before. Republicans love when kids kids are slaughtered. That's the type of messaging I would love to see. Now, is it all Republicans? No, but it doesn't matter. Just like all Democrats don't believe in AOC's plan or all dumb Democrats don't want to defund the police. The right just sticks it sticks it uh, uh, on every single Democrat. Frankly speaking, Republicans are the only reason that gun legislation isn't passed in this country. Republicans are the only reason that AR-15s aren't banned in this country. Republicans are the only reason that we can't deter school shootings. Now, can we get it to zero? Probably not, right? But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we can't try, right? So if we just save one life, if we just save one school shooting a year, isn't that enough? Isn't one life just enough, right? So that's how I would address it. Um, Republicans love to say, oh, this isn't the time to talk about politics. Thoughts and prayers time. And I'm glad that Democrats are going against that. Um the first thing I saw after this was all the legislation passed in that state that was anti-trans and anti and homophobic and all that stuff. That's the first thing I saw. And I think Democrats are starting to call it out for what it is. Also, John, the people know, well, everybody, but the people of Uvalde know that Republicans are in the way. So um, we just have to keep pointing that out. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think, here now, granted, we we end the week with with Trump getting indicted, but I also I don't like the way that mass shootings literally are with us a news cycle. Right, I'm not here for trauma porn. I'm not here from we need to you know wear this out. But I am you know well I don't know maybe maybe you know. Do you think that we need to have a greater focus and that when six people die on a school campus um, as part of a mass shooting, that there should still be a longer reflection? Or I'm going to give you something that's going to throw a monkey wrench in it. Um, Is it going to quickly become like just your everyday shootings on the streets of Chicago? And I've oftentimes thought that one day, and how to do this without being coming off as cynical or sarcastic. But I thought one day we should just, next time there's a shooting in Chicago, it doesn't have to claim a lot of lives. You can claim one life. Um, we need to treat that victim, regardless of their station in life, 
the same way we treat the cute little kids at a school, elementary school in Nashville, right? Um, no matter the type of life someone leads, there's someone's mother, father, brother, sister, sibling, child, loved one. And I think, I think the innocence, I think that we make a mistake if we only, you know, do this outward mourning when it's multiple innocent people. I think one person that might not necessarily have the most pristine life losing their life should also be mourned. Because I think if we, if we had that type of compassion for the people who aren't currently seeing that compassion, we might not have to have that type of compassion for the people who others feel deserve that compassion because we would have done something about guns, right? If, if people took gun crime in Chicago seriously, and we know there's a lot too, but, uh, but there's a lot that don't that come at it from a bad faith talking point, right? But if we took everyday gun crime in places like Chicago and St. Louis and Detroit and New Orleans, if we took it seriously, we might not be dealing with situations like we dealt with in Nashville, strictly because we'd be doing something about guns. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that'll work because if if killing white kids in elementary school doesn't do it, I'm not sure that um, the kids dying on the south side of Chicago is going to do it. Um, with that being said, John, I do agree with your sentiment that we have to do something to continue to push it. My idea is probably a little brutal, but um, I, I am under the impression that with the parents' permission, we should start seeing – the news should start seeing bodies everywhere, in my opinion, with the parents' permission, of course. And the reason I say that is because I don't think Americans get it. Uh, there was a congressman from Florida this week, I believe, whose Parkland is in his district, if I'm not mistaken – who was trying to describe what an AR-15 does to a body, and that went viral. Another thing that went viral was the kids in Nashville were holding hands, uh, leaving the building quietly, and people were like, this is just really hard to see kids have to, to do these drills in, in real time. Another thing that went viral was, um, oh, I forgot I was going to mention it, but... Um, some of the 911 calls from Uvalde, right? Stuff like that. I'm under the impression that they don't care. People don't care until they see it. Famously, right, Emmett Till's mom, famously uh, Vietnam War, the president saying, we're, we're, not, we're not showing bodies on the, on the TV no more. All the American soldiers that were coming back in caskets, we're, let's not show it. It doesn't help morale. And I, I just want to flip that on his head. Obviously, you don't do nothing without the parents' permission. And I bet you some of these parents would be fine with it because of, of what it's it's done to their family. But um, I think that's the way. I think that's – I, I wouldn't say it's the way, but it's a way for people to start understanding that um, kids are getting slaughtered. It's not just killed. It's slaughtered and dismembered and, and faces are, are not are, – are disfigured and stuff like that. So – um, I don't know. Maybe it's too harsh, or maybe I'm just kind of sick of this over and over again. It seems to be once a, one a month where it's just this tragedy. Um, I think we need to stick in people's faces a little bit more. Well, you know what was fascinating, um, and it was either the Washington Post or New York Times this week. Um, I think they were some Sandy Hook parents 
allowed for there to be 3D rec uh, recreations of their their uh, children's corpses and what they look like uh, after the bullets went through them, right? Um, it, it's it's really tough for me to to listen to people who could do something about the issue of guns show fake compassion because um, it is fake compassion. And I think one of the challenges that we have, and I think you and I both know this, and I talk about this, you know, I definitely want to be able to have people I don't agree with that I respect and can have productive, meaningful conversations with in good faith. But I think oftentimes we end up attributing whether it's, and it's unfortunately it's around issues of race, policing, guns, abortion. I do think that in many cases, the people on the left are having good faith conversations with people on the right who are not having good faith conversations. And I, and I wonder, you know, we saw the, 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 the viral video of Jamal Bauman going after uh, uh, Congressman Massey, and, you know, and that was a great piece. And while I think some people want decorum and everything else, I do feel that most responsible gun owners, people who want to, who legitimately want to protect their Second Amendment rights but care about um, people living, I think they're where I think they're good faith discussions. But I think that the people who can look at what's happening in all parts of the country, just not the mass shootings, but the streets of Chicago, and think that nothing should be done. They're not coming from from a, a point of good faith, and I wonder if we need to stop having good faith conversations with those folks. What, what's your thought there? Yeah, that's why I, I sent you the bombing clip, and he he was saying Massey was saying that. Um, oh, lower your voice. He's like, I can't. People, kids are dying. What do you, like? What do you what, what do you mean, right? So I agree with your decorum point. Also, this idea that um, um, it's not the time. Like it's always the time. Republicans like just like to pass the buck because they don't want to be held accountable for everything. We should continue to talk about this every single day, right? Every single time it happens, it's always going to be the right time. Also, not enough is said about how Republicans not only um, don't want to do anything, but they purposely promote guns. Massey famously had a Christmas card with all his family and his young kids holding big, big guns, right? Republicans love doing this campaign videos with guns. Their entire culture is about guns, right? So we need to continue to point that out as well. It's not that they don't want to do anything. They're promoting it. They think it's cool, right? And that needs to be called out as well as I continue to lose my voice for like the fourth week in a row. No, no, I agree. Hey, we're, we're, we've gone past an hour. I think it's, you know, we're, we're, ending, we're not hitting on our light note like we normally end, but I think we do need to end as you lose your voice. But I also think maybe we shouldn't always, shouldn't always leave. Uh, in on the light note because it's something people need to think about. So, um, you know, I, you know, hopefully when we come back next week, we'll have, um, first of all, something significant to talk about in the Trump case. Um, and I do think that, you know, jokes to a certain level would be appropriate still. Um, but I also wonder, you know, at some point in time, we will be talking about the other cases. So before I sign off, do you have, do you have, I'm going to give you a closing message. Normally I just run it and just give a sign off, but, do you have a closing message as, as, as I begin to wrap up? No, but my closing message is a closing question to you. Yes or no, will we see a mugshot ever? Yes, yes, we will see a mugshot. 
All right. See you, Mike. All right. So on that uh, on that note, this is John signing off. This is Fadi signing off. Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs>